Tyler from Capra, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, this time, along with Tyler Harper. Thank you so much for joining the IOF podcast series today. This is an exciting time uh, coming up here in the next couple of months for you and the rest of the crew over at Capra with the release of your debut studio album, In Transmission. Drops April 23rd on Metal Blade Records and Blacklight Media. Uh, you know, first things first, Tyler, I want to commend you guys on all of the well-deserved reactions this has been getting so far, especially with those heavy-hitting singles, The Locust Preacher and Torture Ship. So much to unravel about this debut, but... Before we get to that, like we were talking about pre-interview, I'm going to ask a very important question to start things off, All putting right. you on the spot with a simple one. How are you, man? I know you're in Louisiana. We talked about uh, Texas uh, lifting their restrictions 100%, but how's life for you out there right now? I know our lives have pretty much changed about a year ago since last March. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're holding up as best as we can. We're trying to stay positive. It's really hard for anyone to tell the South to do something. Because <laughs> they do the complete opposite. So I think we just lifted our band to 50%. I don't think we're going to be playing any shows locally anytime soon. Uh, we're trying to be as safe as possible with it. We do get together um, and we social distance. We have a rehearsal space. So we've been we've been writing a lot of music. But as far as that, I, I guess to answer your question, I'm doing all right. I'm yeah. doing as best as, as I possibly can in the situation while yeah. remaining hopeful. And of course, you know, like making the best of the situation is is what we're doing right now. And uh, I'm glad we're able to actually even do this interview, you know. And something I want to talk about, let's go back to 2016, okay. the formation of Capra. You and drummer Jeremy Randazzo uh, formed it. and But there's more to it than just that because you had just come out of a 90-day stint in rehab and was looking to focus on something new, right? Before Crow and Ben joined in, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Yeah, we, uh, Jeremy and I have been playing in bands together. I think we've been in nine bands. We've been oh, doing wow. This, uh, before Capra. Before Capra, yeah. We've, we've done this since we were 14, 15 years old. Um, and so, you know, he, he's kind of stuck by me through, through everything that I went through. And, uh, and we wanted to do something different with this band. It was... It, it was a release, you know, it was, it was kind of therapy for me. I needed yeah. something to avert my attention to uh, coming out and just freshly becoming sober for the first time. It's uh, it was really hard, but it, it, it made for the music. And I think you can I think you can tell in the song structures just how chaotic my brain was at the time. And uh, I actually started off on bass. And I would write the guitar parts, and I would teach them to Jeremy, who was the guitar player at the time. We had a whole different drummer, and then we got to a point where, I think it was our third show, uh, our drummer just quit. He said, hey, uh, I've got some mental health stuff I need to take care of. He quit the night before a show, and we understood, but we were also like, can you just play this show? Oh, boy. And, uh, <laughs> Jeremy's a born drummer. Uh, this was his second band playing guitar, so he just switched over to drums. I was writing the guitar parts at the time, so I knew them all, and we said, let's do it. And uh, we nailed that show, and that, that's kind of where this, uh, this lineup was, was born. So yeah. it's, been a lot, it's been a lot of uh, different, different struggles to get this band going, but 
now now we have all the final pieces in place and that's where we're at and first i want to congrats uh congrats to you on getting out of rehab i know it's uh, i've had friends who go through that state in their life and it's not easy and I'm glad you're able to get something out of it. Like something like this. I look at you doing these interviews. You have a debut record with Metal Blade of all yeah. labels. And, you know, and I do want to chuck. Yeah, it's, it's happening, man. And during a pandemic, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> yeah. And we're all pretty much sober. Jeremy and I are 100% sober. Uh, Crow is, I'd say, about 95% sober. Ben drinks a little bit, but he doesn't have our issues. So we're, yeah. we're good with it. Hey, as long as you guys have the support of one, one another, which sounds like you do, and I heard that in in the album itself. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. I mean that's all you need. And you know, let's fast forward now. Life as of late, you know, like we talked about earlier, many of us have also been away from the venues and stages a lot. You know, fans and musicians alike. Having said that, how are you keeping up your guitar chops and bass playing these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine wise lately, if at all? I think for me, I've just gotten angrier and more frustrated. Mm. And uh, I think I think you, you can start to, on songs that you haven't heard yet, even on this, the three that we recorded during the pandemic and added to the album, it's getting thrashier. It's getting faster, uh, a little bit more aggressive. As far as routines, we practice, we try to practice at least twice a week. Uh, we want to stay fresh on our songs, and we're just writing and writing and writing. And... Uh, I don't think our routines changed that much other than having, you know, things to look forward to. We, we had shows to look forward to. We were, we were socializing with people. Uh, I miss hearing killer set and high fives. And so that, that aspect has been pretty crazy. You know, speaking of what you guys have been around since 2016, of course you have been at this longer than that, but how was the live music and touring experience, you know, for you personally, Tyler, because now we're all, taking an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Absolutely. I've always loved to tour. Um, I've done so many tours and it, it's really having that taken away. You know, it, it's true what they say. You, you know, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's gone right now. And you, yeah. feel, you feel it on your, your mental health and you, you start to struggle and you, you find things that you need to look forward to. And, things you have to do during the day. You know, a very popular topic that I talk about you know, with my guests a lot, and you've seen this as of late, live streaming. A lot of the bands, what they do on stage, they're taking it on the screen. You know, we're doing the interview right now. Like I said, these would be usually in person. And I remember, you know, talking to bands like August Burns Red and Insomnium and Lamb of God. Like, they came on the show and they talked about their experience on doing the live streaming. You know, Behemoth did it. And uh, th there's a lot more coming up, but... I want to ask you this, Tyler, considering how much experience you've taken in throughout your career already and with the new album coming out, with all these bands doing the live stream, do you think that the quarantine-induced live streaming surge, I suppose, that's going on right now, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your, like, through your eyes? Do you still see bands doing something like this even after all this is over? Uh, I, I think there, there's going to be a few. I it's cool for people that don't go out to shows or can't go out to shows. Um, I, I don't think we'll be doing it. I, I'm not a big mm -hmm. fan of, of the live stream. I like, I like a crowd in front of me. I like, I want to kick you in the chest. You know, I want to punch <laughs> you with my amps and stuff. And like, it's just so hard to go all out and put everything you've got into it when it's just you in front of a camera. 
so, but I, I do think people will still continue to do the live streams. I like the aspect of before the pandemic, there were live shows that were live streamed. So if you couldn't That's make true. it or if it sold out, you get to feel like you're a part of it. Yeah, and there's no right or wrong answer to what you just said because I have it so many. I've had so many guests who say, "Yeah, I'm. I would love to do live streaming. It allows me a way to engage with my fans." And some artists would say, "Oh, I'm not doing shit until all this is over." And of course, uh, you have the liberty to mosh in your own room if you want to for as long as you want. But what next, right? You did the live streaming. Now, how much more creative can you get? And I know what makes. Right. It, it, I mean, heavy metal, what makes heavy metal heavy metal is the live experience. Yes. You stated it perfectly. Like, you can do whatever you want. You know, it's, you know, there's fans who, there's also another aspect where some fans, you know, in different parts of the world may not have access to your music. And right. maybe you guys can't go visit there at this time or something like that. Of course, there's some cool aspects to it. And uh, we, we avoided it for as long as possible because it didn't feel real to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think after watching a few of the Hate Five Six videos, it was like, if we do this with a, a, a good enough production, we can get away with it. And I think it was like a week later after I had this realization, it was Metal Injection that reached out and they wanted us to do Slay at Home Fest. And right. I, I bit the bullet and said yes, and it turned out to be pretty pretty cool. Yeah, see, you never know, like... I didn't know I was going to be doing podcasts, you know, a year later. And here I am, like, over 100 episodes later, and it's, it's kind of, like, just the norm now. Yeah. Uh, again, we don't know how long this will continue. I can't wait to get back out on the road. I don't know how it was for you. You know, I was at a show every week before this lockdown. And yeah. uh, we're coming up on a year since the last uh, live show in person I've attended. And I know, Tyler, we've talked about everything from head to toe. Let's talk about that debut album, In Transmission. April 23rd on Black uh, Blacklight Media and Metal Blade Records. Now, Metal Blade Records, here's a label that's been around since 1982, and we've had the privilege to host a bunch of their artists, you know, Cannibal Corpse, Tribulation, Anonymous Rock, Insafirum. They've all been on the show. And what goes through your head, you know, knowing that you guys have signed with such a prominent label like Metal Blade? It's, it's surreal. It's insane. Um, I, I honestly don't have many words for it. And, like, it's just it's it's a crazy time to to be signing. I don't think I've truly accepted it yet. I don't think I've really <laughs> felt, you know, that that power. And, and there's certain aspects where I do feel it. I'm like, oh, that's that's very cool. Uh, but I'm ready to get back on the road. I'm ready to tour. I'm ready to see people and and uh, and hear like how our music has affected them. It's it's tough when you're just cooped up in your house writing more guitar riffs for the next album when this first album's not out yet and nobody's really heard it. So I think we'll get there with it. Yeah, and of course, uh, knowing that you guys have signed with Metal Blade, that I kind of I feel like that would give a sense of fulfillment to putting the work out there for yourself and the rest of the band. And I don't know if you've seen the comments on all the you know the YouTube comments on like the. The music you put out so far with those two singles, man, uh, from metallic, hardcore, raging rock, and rock, raging rock and roll hooks, sounds wow. of the late '90s and early 2000s, like hardcore and punk. That's exactly yeah, what yeah, we're uh, yeah, and with the modern twist to it, I feel like if Warren Women and Arson Choir, Norma Jean, and Converge all had a baby together, it would be you guys. I love <laughs> and, it. And we've had Warren Women and Arson Choir on the show. Great people and songs like Hollow Doll, Torture Ship, Red yeah. Guillotine. Samurai Carey, I just love saying that name. If you're going to put out a debut record, this is how you do it, and you did it well. 
And Tyler, you said it yourself. This album is like being trapped in a tiny room with an unforgiving monster. So let me ask you this. How much did things change from when you first started composing on it to where you ended up finishing it? Was there a specific sound you guys already had in mind within transmission? Yes, absolutely. I, I think you, you just read a comment that nailed it. I wanted, I wanted to go for late 90s, early 2000s hardcore. I remember watching Every Time I Die and Poison the Well and bands like Thursday come out in that time period and just feeling the power of these bands. And so I want I wanted to try to I wanted to try to bring that back in a form of nostalgia but with a fresh twist to it. Like I'm seeing a band now that I could have very easily well seen in that time period, but we just don't have many bands like that. And I, I those are the kind of bands that's where I live is is in that time period with music. And even though we have a lot of good bands coming out right now, I always go back to that. And I, I, I just, this is a band where we stuck to our roots. We didn't experiment too much. We just play what makes us happy. And when you said Thursday, that took me way back, man. <laughs> I was like, that, I mean, talk about a time machine that they will take you down there. Now I want to throw a few names at you. Uh, Jai Benoit, uh, uh, Taylor Young, Brad mm -hmm. Boatwright, uh, who am I missing? Uh, is, yeah, so In Transmission was recorded, mixed, and mastered by those three gentlemen, and they were known for their work with, you know, Nails, Twitching Tongues, you know, Father Rust, Pig Destroyer. I mean, the list goes on. Was right. there a sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Tyler, knowing that those guys were working on this record with you? Uh, we didn't know about Taylor or Brad yet, but... Um... We did. We we've known Jai for a long time. He's a he's a musician in our local scene. He plays with Golgotha and he plays with Father Russ. They're both incredible bands. And Jai is one of the most talented people I've ever met. He knows our sound better than anybody else. So I think having him record the album uh, and you know give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on something was, <laughs> you know, we he's like the fifth member of our band, and. Uh, and after that, we sent it off to Taylor Young. He agreed to, to mix it, and we were all really ecstatic, and, and he nailed it. No pun intended. Yeah, I was, I was uh, expecting that. <laughs> but you know what I intended? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he absolutely nailed it. The mixing is perfect. Uh, Brad did a great job mastering it. We're excited for everybody to hear this. It's a, it's a wall of sound. And I've heard it, and I can attest to everything that you just said. Now, Thank uh, you. Be between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, being that this is Capra's debut, uh, you know, what challenges did you face this time around that you can take forward with you in future releases? You talked about writing new music. What stood out the most about In Transmission? What stood out uh, in writing? In between the writing and production. Uh, I would just say that this was this was a super fun album to make, and it it, it took a long time to write. It, uh, you know, some of these songs like Samurai Carry and Medusa were written in 2016. Oh wow! And okay. uh, they were just the best of of what we had at the time, and we took those and we said we want people to hear these more than the others. So I would just say it's a uh, it's a culmination of multiple years that that 
now we're gonna we're gonna write a little bit faster, but I, I think we have a lot to go off of with this pandemic and we have a lot of free time and yeah. They're just starting to roll out. And you kind of just set this up for me perfectly. Now the title in transmission was chosen after going through a few other names you guys had in mind. Care to share those names by any chance? Uh, we had one. It was it was false accusations, and then we realized quickly that this probably wouldn't do too well in uh, this day and age. <laughs> and it, it was for entirely different reasons. Um, I, I can't remember the other names. I had I had a whole notebook filled with uh, with with names, and then that one came up, and then we finally decided on in transmission uh, because we finished the album in 2019 and we've been sitting on it for so long so we were like trying to get this in transmission and uh and i actually later on discovered that it was the title of a thursday song and i was like oh well this just makes total sense oh okay now i just thought of that wow yeah. i didn't even think about that until you just brought it up that's okay it, it i came love that playlist randomly and i was like well this this is this is perfect yeah, and I want to see how much light you're able to shed on this, knowing that the bulk of the lyricism in Capra's songs are drawn through Lotus's personal perspectives. You know, you have a song like um, Lotus Preacher, which is about sleep paralysis and night terrors. Then you have a song like Paper Tongues, which is about, it looks at the tumultuous relationship that she had with her mother yes. while growing up. Let, let's state the fact. I mean, plenty of people can more or less relate to that. Everyone's families are weird. We all know that. <laughs> and th yeah, and then you have a song like Red Guillotine, which is my personal favorite. It's about the tribulations women face as a part of their everyday lives. So to what level do you guys like to have a theme for your music? And how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you write or sound? Or is that more for the audience? I don't think we go for a theme. Uh, I usually take a bunch of riffs that I am feeling at the time. And then Jeremy, Ben, and I will structure it together into this mood, this roller coaster feeling. And then we give Crow just free reign. It's like, hey, how does this song make you feel? What can you tie it to that you're going through? And she goes off and she she does her thing and she nails it. We, I love reading her lyrics. It's like poetry. Man, her her shouts and just her screams. Like, like I, in a way, I did feel that like in the lyricism. Because you can just read a lyric. Yeah, read a lyric. But right. then when you deliver it on stage... I feel like just the energy is actually captured that way. And having said that, Lotus did exactly that. You can uh, tell it's personal for sure. Exactly. Do you see in in transmission as an album, uh, like as a as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life? Looking back. Well, like I said earlier, I think it's it's a snapshot of where we've been in the culmination of five years. Um. So for songs like Medusa and for Red Guillotine, Red Guillotine we wrote before Crow was in the band and we had a different vocalist and it wasn't, it didn't fit. And then Crow came in and she redid the lyrics to that song and made it what it is today. And it, it's just, it's so much better of a song. Okay, that's interesting. That I didn't know because that actually makes it even more impactful if, as far as like, uh, originally with the different vocalists and then somebody coming in and actually delivering it to the way it was meant to be, so to speak. Yeah. I think that's what Crow brought to the band was uh, we made her, we made her try out for the band, I think five times. But we, knew, <laughs> we knew she was in the band 
the first time she she yelled into a microphone. Like, did she have did she have any idea? Like, after the first tryout, it's like she had hey. no idea. <laughs> she had no idea. I think she was really nervous and thought like, oh, they just keep trying me out. But we knew, and we just wanted to see what she would, what more she could bring each each and every time. And yeah, she's mind blowing. I wonder, like, by the fourth or fifth time, she's like, "All right, guys, come on, throw me a bone here." Yeah, I mean, we finally <laughs> told her, and it was we we partied about it. Yeah, and uh, I hope she stays. I hope you guys just stick together for as long as you can because this is exactly I envision what a hardcore album is. Like you guys, you guys are br- talking about going back to your roots again. I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but you guys have really done this the right way as far as hardcore sound. We need more of that. Now, from from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we've discussed about so far, you know, whether it's the debut record, Metal Blade, the touring aspects you've lived through, your life to rehab, and you've experienced plenty already, Tyler. Have your aspirations as a person or even a band, have they changed or evolved since when you, excuse me, first started playing music in the industry? Do you see things differently now? I do. Uh, It's not... It's no longer about just myself. It's about mm. uh, me and those who I'm close with. It's about, uh, you know, Capra is a family. We're best friends. We talk every day. We hang out with each other. It's about helping others. And it's about taking that story that took me from when I started music at 12 years old to now I'm 33 and and helping people to to realize like, you know, if you want success out of this, you can get it. Or if you're struggling with something, I get it. We can relate on that page. And it's, I I truly believe that that is what hardcore and punk and all music should be about is just, you know, helping fellow man and, and doing what, taking experiences and sharing that so that others are not alone. Yeah. Do you ever think about if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? No. Has that ever crossed your mind? No. Uh, I don't that's know. an answer. That's, that's an answer. Yeah. I, I would probably uh, be working in a video game store or a, a movie store. I wish Blockbuster still existed. Uh, I still have my Blockbuster card in my wallet, believe it or not. Like, <laughs> the one I registered back in, like, what, early 2000s when it was still yeah. around? Yeah, I feel like the guys in Clerks, but like I want to talk about movies, <laughs> video games, or or yeah, like we just we, we talked about it earlier. <laughs> but man, Tyler, I'm gonna leave off with this. This has been such an honor. Do you have any you know last words, any shout outs, just anything you'd like to plug in as far as Capra? Like any I don't know a future live stream. I know you said live stream wasn't the you know not like the top of the top as far as ideas, but as far as it's- for my listeners and fans who are listening. It's in there. We, we, we may do a live stream. Uh, we have a new single, Samurai Carry, that's going to come out on March 10th. Um, oh, great song. I'd like to give a shout out to Seth Thomas and Matt Bacon. They're two people that like we really wouldn't be where we are without them. Uh, after that, album releases April 23rd. Uh, and we're shooting for a tour as soon as possible. As soon as they allow us to tour and the, the barriers go up and we know it's safe, we're going to hit the road hard. When was the last time you were in Dallas? Uh, Dallas 2018. Um, okay. Trying to think of where we played. It, uh, was, like a, it was like a hip-hop bar. Hip-hop bar. Uh, okay, does the name Deep Ellum ring that, a bell? Yes. Okay, 
Bell is that area, and then Elm Street is the street that actually has all those bars. I, I think you're talking about. There's trees. There's Club Dada. There's Three Links. It wasn't Three uh, Links. I know, I know Adam Locklear who works at Three Links pretty well, um, uh, and he tried to get us on a show there. But we played with a band called Bargoyles. I remember that, and it was really cool. Really cool punk rock band. Okay. Uh, oh man. How did I miss this show? Okay, well, uh, let's stay in touch, Tyler, after this, because I'll help you book a show here. Yeah, um, we would love to get Capra back. You know, there's a there's a venue called Gas Monkey. That's a very popular venue here. It's I, I think it's actually reopening in a couple weeks, and uh, some exciting. I mean, there's re it's really good things to look forward to as far as trying to get back in the normality of everything. But well, if y'all are know. open 100, percent then we may see you sooner than later. <laughs> If it's safe, and, let's uh, see how. Yeah, let's see how long this goes for. Obviously, I'm and, definitely uh, let other bands try it out first and see. Yeah, how that yeah, just kind of sit back and see what happens first. Yeah. If we can do that, I'll do that. Um, you know, and everyone who's listening, this is Tyler Harper from Capra. In Transmission comes out April 23rd on Metal Blade Records and Blacklight Media. Don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on every major podcast stream out there. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Lastly, before we uh, check things out here. Everyone who's listening, if you can buy In Transmission, if you can buy the record, please do so, because the bands can't do it without your help. Uh, the listens help, but I think the merch helps even more, and Tyler can agree with me right there. Tyler, yeah. you be safe out there, man. Louisiana, let's stay in touch, and I'll see you next time in person. Thanks hopefully. so much. Definitely. Someone asked me if I would contend with the way things were in my world. Do you want to take Thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade. That's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.